you're listening to Keeping Busy, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> we are face-to-face this episode for our biggest challenge yet, which is macarons. Very, very it's good a, French accent. That's <laughs> as French as I get. Uh, so we are following the website Entertaining with Beth. Foolproof French... Now I'm self-conscious. I'm just going to call it a French macaroon and, and get on with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought foolproof was kind of tricky because once I read through, like I was telling you, I read through the recipe and it's a lot of, oh, as long as you follow all of my 10 tips and then you watch this video and then you try and then try again and again and again and again, eventually you will get them right. <laughs> yeah, and she has a list of uh, like items that will help make it easier for you if you buy them. It's just, I think it's just one of those tricky things. Yeah, I think there is no foolproof recipe. I think she did her Lie darndest. A little bit. I think she did her darndest to make it, to cover the basis of what could go wrong and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's really the most you can ask of any good recipe site. So I'm on board with it. All right. So what did you make? I made mine matcha flavored, green tea flavored. So the the cookies are kind of a pale, almost pistachio kind of color. And then the center is a darker, the buttercream, I went kind of dark on the matcha because cookies, it turns out, are super sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought maybe having the kind of bitterness of the matcha in the buttercream would balance it out a little. Yeah, the cookies taste like slightly hardened cotton candy. That's all it is. That's That's pretty accurate. I went with blueberry for mine because we had just gone blueberry picking and I needed to use my blueberries. So I have blue cookies with some dark purple buttercream frosting. And can I say yours are much prettier than mine. (laughs) I really like the color of your buttercream. I think that the blueberry buttercream looks tremendous. I like how it stands out in the cookie because mine kind of gets lost. They're all kind of, even though the green is darker, they're very monochromatic. But... Mm. On with, I think we should taste. Let's taste them right now. Okay, so do you want to start with the matcha and then the blueberry? Okay. Sure, because the blueberry is probably going to be tartar and stronger flavored. So Okay, here we go. So a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. Very, very sweet. But the matcha flavor comes out good. So the problem I had, I think, what was the timing on that? She made a very big deal about having your oven set at the right temperature, which is mm-hmm. 300 degrees Fahrenheit. And I do actually have an oven thermometer, and I had the oven on probably 40 minutes because I thought it was <laughs> because I thought it was going to take me less time to make the cookies, mm-hmm. and it was at 300 degrees on the nose for the oven thermometer, and it still only took me 14 minutes to cook the cookies. Okay, so yeah, she says when you you make the the cookie mixture, you use the pastry bag to make your little cookies, and then to out. Let them sit out for 20 to 30 minutes or up to an hour. And so I did the same thing. I preheated my oven and then it just sat preheated for like an hour before I actually put them in. But the thing was, the first batch, I knew my oven was probably going to cook them faster than it said. Because that is always my problem. Despite the fact that I have an oven thermometer. So there was the first batch that came out, the cookies actually browned on the top as well as the bottom and you can tell when you bite into it that the shell is thicker and Mm. crunchier and you don't get that immediate crush that you'd get on um, the second and third batch that I did (laughs) 
which I tried, I tried as each batch went on to right the wrongs the batch before had per her suggestions. Okay. I only did one batch and I definitely have some browning on the top of mine. I would say about a third of them uh, stuck to the pan where I just kind of pulled off the top of a cookie and then the bottom was stuck there. Did you use parchment paper? I have, I used parchment paper, but I also, for Christmas a couple years ago, my mother-in-law got me a silicon sheet mm. with like the little circles specifically oh, for this. Oh, right. We have to, I think we talked about that. Yeah. So they were sticking to that, um, which kind of stunk. The, the ones at the center of the, the pan were sticking. The ones on the outside came out, came out very nicely. But then I had little, little macaron boat shells and I just squirted some buttercream and I ate them anyway. And it was delicious. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not, doesn't sound like it's going to hurt the flavor much. No. But yeah, about a third of them were lost to that. And then the others, like I said, are browned and I think have a little bit more of the shell. I thought the recipe could have used a little more instruction on how to form the cookies. Because my first batches, I just piped out rounds. And I got, I saw that I was going to get little peaks on top. So after I let them sit for the 20 minutes, I actually went my fingertip shook off the excess water, and just blooped the tips down. Just pressed them down once they were tacky instead of just super wet. But they still came out too fat. Um, When you look at, like, a nicely made (laughs) French macaroon, the cookie is pretty flat, and then it has a little foot. And a lot of my batches came out with the cookies too thick, I thought, and too small in diameter, even though she says an inch round. So what I did after that, instead of blooping them around in a circle, was I actually would put the tip down on the pan and squeeze it and have it kind of come out in a circle in concentric rings okay. and then bloop down the top. And that's how I got the flat cookies. The nice ones. I uh, did okay. get maybe five or six flat cookies. And mine all have the little hats on top. Yeah. Where I did not bloop them down. I will say most of my cookies did have feet, which is one of yeah. the telltale French macaron things to get, right? I have some little feet. Yeah. My cookies came out very lumpy. The, um, I don't think I had a a small enough grating on the sifter I used Mm -hmm. to get the almond out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they're, they, they taste good, but they just, they don't look like a smooth texture cookie. Would you like a blueberry? Yes, I do want a blueberry. Okay. (laughs) Hee 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 hee. Okay, blueberry. The blueberry flavor in the buttercream is really terrific. The blueberries that we picked were, at the end of the season, they were really tart, so I thought that they would be a good match for this, but I think I put too much juice in, the buttercream is a little, just a little bit too watery, where it kind of squishes out, right? Your cream seems like it has a thicker consistency, which helps out. So in her recipe, she uses... Three tablespoons of raspberry juice. Three tablespoons. That seems like a lot. And I also found that the buttercream recipe that she has didn't seem to make nearly enough for the cookies. Mm. If you look at her pictures, there's almost as much buttercream as there is cookie. Yeah. They seem very evenly matched as a third, a third, a third. And I have mostly not that much buttercream in a lot of mine, and I still ended up with cookies left over. Mm-hmm. I destroyed a third of my cookies. In... By ripping the tops off? Yeah, but mm. in the removal process, and like I barely, like I have just a very thin layer of buttercream, but the blueberry flavor is really strong because they were so tart that I don't know if I would have put too much more anyway. I don't know. I really like it because I think since the cookie is so sweet, yeah, 
I think it really helps even it out a little bit. Now, I did use the, the silicone mat that had, like, the pre-made little circles so it would help it stay Be a circle. very circular. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just filled it up too much. Like, they're, they're too, the cookies themselves are too thick. Yeah. Which I think is what you were talking about, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. And I thought um, that banging the sheet pan down so many times to try to get the air bubbles out would mm-hmm. help them kind of flatten out, too. It didn't really seem to do much. They're do pretty anything. sturdy little cookies. <laughs> they don't really want to go anywhere. Yeah. So did you do you have an oven thermometer on yours? I do not. So how really long did you how long did you cook yours for? I did mine for twenty minutes, and she says in all caps, "Do not underbake." Yeah. Even if they look done, it's just like, what does done look like? Right, and then <laughs> she's and then she says, "Don't brown them." Oh my god, don't yeah. brown them and don't undercook them. So mine came out a little brown. So I was scared, but I think they're they're fine. I think they both taste very good. Yes, I think there are two successes this week. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're awesome. So, is this worth the work? Um, I think so. My only problem really was that I think my sieve was too fine. Uh-huh. And actually, I think I would recommend sifting the two ingredients separately. And not together, because it seemed like my almond flour got coated in confectioner's sugar and then wouldn't go through the sieve. So I feel like if I could have sifted the almond flour and then the confectioner's sugar, I ended up with a quarter cup of stuff that wouldn't sift through. And I'm like, there's no way that this was the point of the recipe. You can't just measure everything and then throw half of it away. So I took another sieve and put it through one that was a little more open and noticed at the end that there were almost like little sugar balls of almond. Yeah. I also had a lot of leftover almond chunks in mine. And I just made a huge mess. So I measured out the amount of just the almond and I put it in my little sieve and then I threw out whatever didn't go through and then I measured again and I kept going like back and forth to try and get the total amount at the end. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if that's what the intention was. Which is why um, I kind of feel like if you just sift the almond flour and you realize that there's a lot that's not going in, mm -hmm. then you can just measure out what you need of the almond flour and use that. As opposed to if you have it all mixed to begin with, you're not really sure how much of each you're losing once you chuck the end product. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, I have a quarter cup, but is it half and half or is it mostly almond flour? Another thing that she talks about is uh, for when you're folding the flour and sugar into the egg whites. And she has a big, well, relatively big <laughs> exp- or warning here that says don't overmix and don't undermix. In my experience, this is a quote, in my experience, 65 to 75 turns of your spatula when folding is about the right amount. But she also oh, says to right. do it in figure eights. My goodness. So... To me, so specific. I, I, <laughs> I know, I started doing it, and I was counting the full figure eight as one, yeah. so I'm like, okay, which feels like two strokes, so I'm going one, two, <laughs> three, while I'm doing the figure eights, and then I thought, is a full figure eight one, or is like the upstroke one and the downstroke two, am I going to double my stroke count here? Yeah, it, I just ended up really overthinking it, and yeah. I, I think I undermixed. Which is probably why they came out a little lumpy. That's another potential there. I will also say that there is a huge, huge, huge difference in the fineness and the quality of almond flour. And she also says almond meal. If Mm -hmm. you watch her video, um, she says to put in the almond meal. 
And almond meal actually still has skin on it. So you don't... Oh, really? Yeah, almond flour, the difference between almond flour and almond meal is... Usually almond meal is slightly more coarsely ground, but it also has the skins of the almonds on them still. So you really don't want to use that. And even amongst almond flours, I know this because I do a lot of grain-free baking, there's a big difference in the, the grind quality and how fine it is. So, like, if you go and get <clears throat> Bob's Red Mill, you're going to get a lot more left in your sifter than if you get some other brands. That's what I used. The Red Mill. Yeah, did you? Yeah. It's, it's good for, for some stuff, but it's not uh, super fine. Yeah, I had a lot of chunks left over, even in my sieve that wasn't that great. Oh, I want another cookie, I'm not going to lie. Go ahead. I did have a little bit of issue with some of my tops cracking, and I can't remember why she said that happens. I think somehow the blueberry and it being blue also adds to the illusion <laughs> of it being crunchy cotton candy. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, she said that if you undermix, they'll be lumpy and cracked when they bake with no feet. Hmm. So mine have feet, and they're smooth, but they also cracked. Yeah, I clearly didn't. See? Yeah, I didn't knock out all my um, air bubbles because I got little little holes in mine. See, yeah, if you don't get all the air bubbles out, that's another that way they that they'll crack. Explode. I feel like fewer of mine cracked too, and I did the method where you hold the tip down and squeeze, oh. and it just comes out like a pool rather than mm-hmm. doing circles. Maybe it's because it was a smoother texture. I think it's more that when I did the circles, there's kind of like overlap, and the overlap gives it a place to have air bubbles trapped. Hmm, okay. Maybe. I don't know. I like eating cookies, so that's great. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely make these again. I think one or two more tries and I could get get it refined to a point where I wouldn't, like, I would bring it to an extended family gathering versus, like, intimate family. Like this, I can, as it is now, I can share with close family and close friends, (laughs) but I I I wouldn't impress. I think um, you probably would have had the same thing happen, but where I did three different batches, there was a definite obvious difference between my first batch and my last batch as to how much of them came out looking kind of authentic. (laughs) The first batch is brown and lumpy and pointy and the last batch is not brown and smoother and flatter. So yeah, I think I would definitely make them again. I think the funnest part is being able to experiment with flavors Mm because it's so easy just to change the flavor of the buttercream and throw in a couple... Did you use any food coloring, or is that all just natural blueberry stuff? I used food coloring. I used a little in the shell, but not the filling. Yeah. Yeah. I put blue in the cookie part, and then the filling is just just blueberries. So I think that's the funnest part, because I would love to... I'm not sure if these freeze. Do they freeze? I don't know. She says uh, keep refrigerated. Just It'd be really cool for a party to do a bunch of different batches and have different flavors and put all the different colors on the... On a platter. I feel like that would be impressive. Mm-hmm. In my assortment of French <laughs> macaroons. That's one of those things that I would attempt and then fail at just because, like, I totally... You're overreaching? <laughs> yeah. I love to overreach. <laughs> so, cookies were a a success, and um, we thought it was going to be disastrous. It was just funny because we do simple things and completely mm-hmm. bungle them up. <laughs> These were easier than I thought they would be. Yeah, they're really not complicated. It's just specific. Yes. I feel like I need to address, in case, because I'm sure I won't be able to edit it all out, uh, my dog is pacing back and forth. So if you see hear some snorting. Or jingling. The jingling of her, <laughs> her collar. I apologize. Hey there. There you go. <laughs> anyway. So what else have you been up to? 
cookies aside. Well, you had Comic-Con this weekend. I, I did have Comic-Con this weekend. Um, so I, I finished my costume. I, I really didn't put too much effort into it compared to past years. But, um... Do you have pictures? Yes, I do. Yay! They had this really cute thing there this year where uh, it was like a, a green screen. And it was for like two bucks you could go and they would put any background on it and so um me and my friend were characters from the teen titans and so they put us in front of the the titan tower (laughs) awesome so it came out cute the actually the only things i made and by hand and didn't just like buy and modify were the boots which came out pretty crappy you can't see there and that was because i i didn't use stretchy material and if I'm, it was like a cover over existing boots, so I yeah. could, I didn't, I didn't do a great job at really getting Making it them to look fit. like boot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't care that much. I guess, like, who's looking at your boots? They, they were passable. How about that? Which, yeah. co- which Comic Con was this? The Boston Comic Con. Okay, it was a good time. I always like dressing up and going out to the con. A lot of fun. It's. There, I saw some really interesting crafts there. I like the idea of Comic-Cons, but I find it hard to justify going to them when I don't know any comics. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to be kind of all pop culture. Alright, so this lady does um, print out paper and cuts it out and then pastes it so they're like in layers encased oh, in glass and okay. it's like a 3D picture. So I know this one is like early nineties. Yeah, it's She-Ra, and there's Rainbow Bright. I was gonna say it looks very Rainbow Brighty. And there's Megan from My Little Pony. Yeah. So um, it's just a mishmash of kind of if you were a young girl in the late eighties, early nineties, like all your cartoon (laughs) heroes, all in one. Yeah, and but it's intricate uh, paper cutouts, and like I said, it's kind of layered, so it's got a three D look. And uh, she does all different stuff. Pop out books. Yeah. Or pop out books. Right. So that is, uh, you can look at Winged Coyote on Etsy. And that's the shop. I just made the mistake of just searching for winged coyotes (laughs) on Etsy. (laughs) So that's W I N G E D C O Y O T E. And she has some really neat stuff. It's a lot of. She's got a lot of, like, Pokemon and superheroes and fun stuff like that. So check that out. That is cool. There's a lot of the same sort of stuff going on at Comic-Con, but then you'll see some very unique craft people that show up. So I I like that part of it. Yeah, I have to say, I am really a huge fan of the the prints I got the year we went together. Yeah. They're excellent. There's definitely some wonderful artists. Specifically my my labyrinth, mm-hmm. um, what is that called when they're all together? You just said it. What did I say? When a whole bunch of things are together. Mashup. No. <laughs> Starts with a C. I don't know what I said. Uh... Like a collage. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, okay. So it's like a labyrinth collage where like all of the important characters are there in this beautiful, squeezed together <laughs> awesomeness. Of Labyrinth. That was a really good one. There were a lot of crocheted projects that I saw, just of like different superheroes and like 
Doctor Who and those sort of things. And I feel like I need to do a crochet project again soon. I haven't picked one. Crochet a giant TARDIS afghan. Queen size. <laughs> a lot. I'm not ready for that kind of commitment. You said you're really into overreaching. <laughs> yes, I am. Not with my crochet project. That'd be a good one. I just want a little crochet project. I finished my cat house. Ah, how'd it come out? Um, actually, it's too small for my cats. Oh, no! <laughs> they won't get in it. It's, um, it turned from a cat bed into a cat tent. <laughs> um, and my cat looked like he wanted to get in. He stuck his head in, and then he just didn't go in, because it's too small. <laughs> but, you know what? Maybe it could be a home for somebody. Maybe I can donate it to a cat shelter, and kittens could sleep in it. Aww. That'd be cute. Yeah. It should it should be somebody's home. Did you take a picture? Um no, I will. Okay. I will take a picture. Good. I took a picture of my cookies. Aren't you proud of me? I'm very proud of you. You did a good job. Thank you. I feel like I finished something else recently too, but I cannot for the life of me think of what it was. We've been doing a lot of vacationing, so yeah. the cat bed was I got the cat bed done because we were on vacation and I was <laughs> crocheting a ton when the kids went to bed. But I feel like there are other projects. I'm going to start some slippers. Oh, my son just had his birthday party yesterday. How'd that go? Um, it was robot themed. Ooh. And I did not do nearly as much for his birthday as I did for Tyler. Tyler, mm, er, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do it as much as I did for the Minecraft birthday party because I was totally crazy stressed out over the stinking Minecraft birthday party. So I bought a lot of stuff. I just went on Amazon and bought most of the robot-themed things. I did make a couple small robot decorations that were pretty cute, because I stole them off of Pinterest. <laughs> I love Pinterest yeah. for parties. So how old is he? Four. Aw. Yeah. So we had a robot pinata. Oh, that's cute. Did you make um, it? I did not make the pinata. I don't know how you make a pinata. I don't know. I feel like it would involve paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did not make the pinata. I bought it online. Um, but I did make, I just, I just made some robot gift boxes, favorite boxes. So I took small little paper craft and painted them silver and put little antennas and eyeballs on them. And the kids used them for their pinata finds. So they scooped oh. up their candy and put them in the robot head box and went home happy. I did a fairly large, taller than my four-year-old son, um, robot just out of, Random cardboard boxes, some dryer vent hose, and a gift wrap. So I wrapped the boxes in bright red paper, stuck on some buttons, and again, some, like, pipe cleaner antennas, and put them on his dryer vent hose legs. He was a big hit, actually. <laughs> my, my daughter kept going up and, and playing with his arms. She was dancing with him, so Aww. I think she was pretty pleased. <laughs> With her robot friend. This sounds adorable. It's pretty cute. Oh, and we had a very nice robot cake that I also did not make. <laughs> Someone asked me, oh, did you did you do that yourself? No, I did not. Although I almost had to because I ordered the cake and then the day before his birthday they called and said, no one here wants to draw a robot on your cake. We're just afraid we're going to mess it up. And I freaked out a little, and then I called another bakery, and I changed my order to them, because they were very excited about making a robot. I'm like, listen, if you cannot 
take icing and make a couple squares and some eyeballs <laughs> and an antenna, then just give me the cake and I will do it myself. But I found someone else to do it, thank goodness, because I would have wrecked it, <laughs> to be honest. How do they take an order and then just say, like, ah, I don't feel like it? Um, the person who took the order was not the person who was going to be working oh, okay. when the cake had to be made. So she kind of took an order for someone who wasn't really... Well, I guess it's better that they tell you they're not comfortable making it. I guess so. Right? I, I don't mean, know. out of all the things that you could draw on a cake, is a robot really the hardest thing you can think of? <laughs> I can think of harder ones. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And anyways, it came out really great. How did your planter... Is that working out well? The... The, the strawberry planter? Yeah. Um, it bows a little out, but the soil at this point is just kind of shaped correctly, so... <laughs> Where the fabric bows out, it doesn't really care. It just keeps growing. My strawberries are growing well. That's good. How are your strawberries? I think a squirrel ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of mine had little nibbles in them. Oh. But, uh, but I had no big losses to animals. I lost a lot of them, too, because it was just so rainy this year. Oh, so yeah. I got so a lot of them that were sitting right on the soil just got soggy and rotted before they oh. ripened. So every time I go through them, I try to hang the strawberries over the sides of the planter so they'll dry. Are you working on anything else? No, the only thing that I've been wasting my time with is uh, we have one room left in our house that has wallpaper on the walls. So you've just been picking the wallpaper off slowly, little by little? Yeah. I've <laughs> been putting in like two hours each day on the weekend and then haven't really been touching it during the week. So I've been wasting my time. It's coming off really slowly. That's a pain in the butt. But once that's done... Can you use a heat gun with wallpaper, or would you just catch your house on fire? Uh, I don't know. We, we use a steam, little steam machine. Oh, okay. It, it's got, like, this... It's a box filled with water that heats it up, and a little tube, and just this kind of square. It's, like, about the shape of a piece of paper, and you just kind of hold it up, and the steam comes out. And yeah. Like, make it squishy, and then you scrape it off, and it's, like, gooey and nasty. So, that's been sucking up a lot of my time. It's horrible and I hate it. But we almost finished two walls. But you're super totally inspired by Comic-Con to make some awesome crochet something. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna crochet something. I haven't figured it out. I also have been seeing a lot of uh, really cool cross-stitch projects where people are kind of designing their own cross-stitch. And they're making it, um, you know, in little catchphrases of their favorite characters with, like, adorable little... Almost like eight bit <laughs> pictures of their oh. characters. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, that's cool. I don't know what the heck I would do with something I cross stitched. You know, like you could make a pillow. That's exactly. Or you could, I could make frame a pillow. it. Yeah. What am I gonna do with that? I don't know. Yeah. But I tote bag. I have plenty of tote bag. <laughs> but I just thought that was really cute. I don't know. I want to do some kind of fabric craft that isn't sewing. I'll probably crochet something. Maybe I'll take another swing at that. You can, head. you can do very similar things to cross-stitch with crochet. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, if you just take a piece of graph paper and, um, you know, do your design on it, then kind of color in the blocks that are within that design, you get a basic cross-stitch pattern that mm -hmm. can also be used for a crochet. Because especially if you're doing single crochet, I mean, they're very square stitches. Right. Yeah, you know what true. I did find out when I was doing my cat bed, which was interesting? What? Um, I started off doing full rounds, and then I did back and forth for a while because I was doing the door. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started doing full rounds again. 
uh, continuous, and I realized it actually looks different. What does? Back and forth and rounds? <clears throat> yeah. So, like, the f- there is a front and a back to a crochet stitch, which I never really considered before. So, in the spot where it's continuous rounds, it's actually much smoother, and it looks more orderly, and when you're going back and forth, it doesn't look as nice. Huh. Interesting. I guess somewhere in my head I probably knew that, but I've never thought about that. Yeah. That there would be a difference. It's interesting because you can see it's just like a stripe through the middle of the cat house bed thing. But I didn't know that, so that was news to me. So what are you going to work on next? Slippers. Slippers. I'm making a pair of felted slippers. For yourself? No, for my mother-in-law. Because (laughs) she wants slippers. (laughs) It was actually really kind of funny. Maybe it's not funny. I don't know. (laughs) She came over the house and I was doing the cat bed and I was doing the cat bed with yarn that she gave me, mm-hmm. which maybe wasn't the best idea, because I think she was a little upset that I used the super nice yarn that she bought me to make cat bed and not slippers for her. And I think <sighs> maybe that's the case because she told me. <laughs> and she's like, oh no, what are you doing? And I said, this is a cat bed. And she goes, oh my gosh, look at all this yarn you used. You could have made me some beautiful slippers. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, so now I'm making our slippers. <laughs> With nice yarn? Yes. I am using nice yarn. I'm using, actually, the nicest yarn I have, Ooh. which is baby alpaca. <sighs> yeah. No, it's super nice. It's very, very soft, and it is wool, so it felts, mm-hmm. and it's warm and natural fibers, and it's very nice. Very I should nice. try felting. Felting something crocheted stuff or oh it's a knitted project it's knitted oh yeah i can still crochet you could okay i I sent you that it was like a little phone case that somebody had felted that looked like a cat yeah like you kind of almost like a pez dispenser you push back the cat's head and you get your phone out it was almost like an envelope for your phone yeah it's very cute but i think you're right you did make the comment that it would be a lot of work to get your phone out every time right you could, however, build in a little window so you don't actually have to take it all the way out. True. To see stuff anyway. Maybe I'll do something like that. All the cute things that I want to make, I have no use for. Yeah. I know what you mean. Life is hard. It is. What else do you want to make? Like, I think it would be really cute That'd to make... <laughs> and to make that into, like, a little clutch. Like, a little kitty felted clutch. Where maybe you... Open up his little nose as a button, and you can open up his little head to get your money out. Yeah. So why is that useless? I'm not going to carry that around. I'm an adult. (laughs) (laughs) You could carry it around in your purse, and that could be something for, like, your cards. That's true. So it could be a organizer of something inside your purse, so it could give you pleasure every time you pulled it out. (laughs) Hee hee, look at that. But not everyone would have to see it and be like, why is that adult woman carrying around a cartoon cat bag? (laughs) Okay. Which okay. is fine if you do that. I've yeah. seen it. It's okay. Well, I'm not judging. We're not judging. I am very proud of you for having the self-confidence to be your true self um, public. I'm just saying I don't have that self-confidence at this moment. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. You don't know. So that's a useless project. Yes. Um, cross-stitching is a useless project. My mother-in-law bought me a cross-stitch, like one of those little packs where yes. they... It's like some birds and flowers and stuff. <laughs> you know, it has all the thread in there and everything. And I do like cross-stitching. 
but God, I have nothing, no use for that whatsoever. I'm not going to put it on a pillow. I'm sorry. You could donate it to a nursing home. Oh, there you go. Then I would do it. somebody else's day. I just, I hate putting all that work into something and just being, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. Just having another thing in your house. Yeah. That has no purpose. But it's so much fun to make. (sighs) hard. I I was going to say, have you read, but you probably haven't because it's a children's book, um, (laughs) Extra Yarn. I have not. Okay, it's super cute. This little girl, she finds this box and it has yarn of it in it, full of every color. And she starts knitting sweaters for people. And the box never runs out of yarn. Mm. So she knits sweaters for everybody. And then she starts knitting sweaters for everything. And she starts covering houses in sweaters and cars in sweaters and bears and dogs and cats in sweaters. So it's a really awesome because you start looking at things. And have you ever heard of yarn bombs? Yes. So you start looking at things and going like, what could I yarn bomb? Like, what could I do quickly and just completely cover this object that really shouldn't be covered in yarn and yarn? People should Google that if they haven't seen it. It's uh, amazing. It's, it's really cool. I I think I saw, like, a, a bike, somebody's bike on the street that yeah. was just completely covered in, in yarn. Yeah. And it was just really, really cool looking. It is. It's neat because it's so... So much effort. It takes a lot of effort, but it's also kind of super non sequitur. Is that even the word? Depends on what you're trying to say. I guess it would. (laughs) You don't expect it. It's completely out of the ordinary. Why is this thing covered in yarn? But it also is really cool and beautiful. Yeah, it's not, you're not like TPing the thing, like just throwing the yarn over it. It's like intricately made pieces to perfectly fit this object. To make it look like it was made out of yarn. Like you're in some fantasy world where you're riding your little yarn bike to work. That would be really cool. And it's just adorable. Unfortunately, I am the slowest knitter and crocheter (laughs) on the face of the planet. So yarn bombs really aren't in my future, which makes me sad. I'm sad. But you could cover objects in your own house with yarn. I could. We're looking around now to find out what we could cover in yarn. That dog should make her a Christmas sweater. Ooh, that's a good idea. She already has one. Store-bought. No, yeah, but I can make one with love. You could. Love sweaters are better. Yes. So what are we going to do next time? That we did not talk about. No. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, we need to. Okay. So not chocolate. (laughs) Just take another hiatus from chocolate. Yeah, back to school coming up. What's a good little lunchbox snack? Or is it not cool to send your kids to school with sweets? Um, it depends on what it is. Sometimes I make the kids banana muffins with no nuts Mm. because no one can eat nuts anymore because they die. It's actually super hard now to make snacks that go in lunch boxes because everyone wants to know what's in everything that you put in them. So, sadly, it's become very prepackaged friendly. Mm Mm-hmm. However, what if we do have any use for a pencil case? We could do a knit or crochet pencil case. Or with like a cat head where you push up the cat head and you get your pencil down. That's perfect. A very long cat (laughs) pencil case. Yay! Could do that. Could do that. Or a calculator cover. (laughs) A calculator. <laughs> Just like name anything, and I'll be like, and then it could have a cat head that you push up, 
could I could knit a lunchbox with a cat head on it that you push up to get your lunch out. That's amazing. It's pretty not gonna happen. It probably will get stinky and dirty. Very. Are you up for something yarny? Because I'm also knitting slippers. Yeah. We could also do something apple related. It's in the middle of the summer, so the slippers aren't really super. Ooh, cute! What if we did an apple tote? Apple tote. Yes. So you could do like this little small apple shaped bag with a little drawstring at the top. The drawstring is green, so it looks like a little apple leaves <gasps> when you close it, and it just has like a little strap on it, so you can throw it over your shoulder and take an apple with you wherever you go. <laughs> I like it. Do you? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of it's weird. It's just like it's like an apple sweater. Yeah, it's like an apple sweater with a with a, with a little carrying. Yeah, like a shoulder okay. strap. Okay. All right. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is what we're gonna do. <laughs> apple tote. Apple tote. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> if you would like to share with us your macaroon successes or and or failures. You can send us a message at keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com. And we'll tell you everything you did wrong. Yeah, because we did it also. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Facebook. Just search Keeping Busy Podcast. Uh, We will have links to the recipes that we used and pictures of the things that we made. If you have any ideas for us next time, feel free to send us that in the email. Um, And... Uh, see if you can figure out what the heck we're talking about with this apple tote and try and make one with us. <laughs> no stealing the idea and selling it on Etsy. Totally yeah. trademarked, Trademark. Karen Heron, Keeping Busy yeah. podcast. Yeah. Done. We should probably... Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably try and keep track of the patterns that we're making for this, and then maybe we can share them. Okay. Maybe. If we're nice. I mean... If I remember. Yes. <laughs> so... Send us your projects, talk to us, listen to us, and until the next time you hear these lovely voices, we'll be keeping busy. busy.